Welcome, welcome, welcome to Rift Reaction Episode 7 with Travis Gafford and... Emily Rand. Woo! Wait, normally you have, I feel like, more enthusiasm when you say your own name. I never know how to say it. Well, uh, it has been an exciting week in League of Legends. Yes, a lot of interesting <laughs> stuff. Uh, I was in a press conference while in the car the last week while Jat was... Uh, departing his job there's been so many things you you've had you're doing a move right now yeah i'm moving i'm piecing out of my old apartment and moving like three streets she's getting a penthouse everyone this is what Uh, happens when you work on the riot broadcast you sign a multi-million dollar deal not to mention the spotify deal for us i mean that's you know i got uh, i just purchased a second beach home uh with this you know this is congratulations yeah esports is where the big money is (laughs) somewhere out there someone will believe that that's actually please don't don't do that to yourself (laughs) okay well anyway let's talk about some stuff uh first off i i just wanted to say before we get into anything shout out to the LCS broadcast for doing those desk interviews. I wanted to say this to you, Emily. Oh, Mark, thank you. Mark speculated on Hotline League last night that you it was all you that made that happen because he said that you've been pushing internally for uh, player stuff. have been a pain in the butt about this and about pogs, like end of game pogs. I think I brought this up last week uh, where my, my, like pushes, my big push behind the scenes was initially... Uh, make sure we always know player of the game like immediately after and then my other push was to just get players more involved uh, either by bringing them on the desk or doing that lightning round thing with me where they answer really dumb questions that aren't related to League of Legends like just to get get to know players as people you know because they're they are people and I think historically um, and I'll call myself out on this too like I think the LCS has kind of relied on existing personalities to just be there and uh has not done as good of a job of building up players personalities so that that has been kind of a impetus of mine i don't think i specifically made this change happen but i'm one of the people who's been talking about it well i loved it and i just i wrote it up at the very top because i I wanted to compliment you at the start of the show that way, you know, because normally you and I get in these big arguments during the show and uh, you scream obscenities at me. (laughs) They have to edit that all out. It's a lot of work for Spotify and a lot of people don't realize that. So, all right. Well, anyway, we're starting off this week by talking about LAC because there's some big news that broke this morning. uh, And then after that, we will go through by the way we've got a whipple uh, jungle watch segment that we're going to get back into and then we got all this lcs news including the jat stuff the tl stuff the c9 stuff the dig stuff the FlyQuest stuff the uh i mean there's at least some other things yeah anyway, there's a lot there's a lot and then of course we will have your lck and lpl matches of the week followed by our reaction shots so without further new uh, further ado let's get into things there's some big news that broke this morning but let's before we get to it find out if any of you correctly predicted it, or you know at least that it's ha- what you wanted, because our Q and A last week was who do you want to see by Schalke, and there's been some great answers here. My favorite is Jonathan, who wrote McDonald's. <laughs> oh no! How, how about you? Um, so there's a lot of there was a lot of Travis Gafford Industries in here. Uh, someone did say I think uh, KP said I think Team BDS from the ERLs is pretty much confirmed. Um, but a lot of people, a lot of uh, football teams, uh, some Elon Musk answers, 
Um, TSM, so they can leave NA. Uh, thank you, Painless Fiend, for that answer. <laughs> um, a lot of Mr. Beast, because apparently he's expressed interest in wanting to buy an esports team. A league team, um, I think. He even said he was going to do something with league. Oh, okay. But that so was like... I, I didn't know that. 18 months ago. I mean, that was a while ago, yeah. Starting in 2022, Team BDS will join the yep. LEC. The LEC license will be sold for 26.5 million euros. This is in the announcement. You know what's crazy is, like, I don't actually think that, it, like, whenever, for instance, any of the LCS teams sold, they did not put that out there publicly. Yeah, I don't recall that they did. I think numbers were later reported by people, yes. but I don't, think, uh, I don't think they actually put it in the announcement. I mean, this is in the second paragraph of their announcement, so it's actually wild. To see, maybe I mean, maybe this stuff gets publicly declared anyway, and then uh, so maybe they just did it. Yeah, way. they were just like, and eh, we're not going to wait for someone to dig it up. Yeah, yeah I'm working to secure a uh, an interview with the LEC commissioner, so perhaps I will be able to ask him that. But uh, very, very fascinating. I, I, I apologize. I do not know much about Team BDS. I know that they're a uh, football team, a European football team. Yeah, I also don't B- know Bundesliga. Yeah, I, I also don't know a ton about them. Well, you know, we're hopefully we'll find somebody who can be an expert for us on this. But uh, handing off from one traditional sports organization to another. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a little sad for it because I think a lot of the Schalke people were great. Um, Darius and I used to, we had a couple run-ins whenever he was doing <laughs> the media stuff. But he ultimately, like, I knew he really, really cared about the the LEC team and uh, the LEC in, in League Esports and uh, just seems like a nice enough guy. So hopefully he continues on with the, the org or finds another great place. But uh, I just I also know the Schalke guys were always very, very dedicated to cr- trying to create something. So uh, sad to have them leave, but that an unfortunate side effect, I guess, of the COVID stuff. So uh, wish wish the Schalke folks best of luck with their 26.5 million euros. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into things. So um, I understand, Emily, that the sky is falling. G2 is now the G2 worst team is dead. in yeah. the LEC. And no, I this look, I don't always <laughs> follow all this stuff. But this weekend, obviously, I knew that G2 went 0-2. Mm-hmm. And, so was, and people were like, oh, man, G2, it's a disaster. And then I look them up and like they still have like a positive record for this split so far. <laughs> Uh, they seem to like. I don't think it's the end of the world, right? Or am I wrong? What? What were those games so disastrous? T- tell me, Emily. No, I mean, I think so. Like, I really do want to focus on the G two Fnatic game more than anything. I will point out for the G two Vitality game. I think this was one of the games where we kind of saw Vitality really uh you know this is a roster that on paper i already said i was super hype about uh you know self-made brought out the lee sin like he looked great leader looked great uh crown shot looked great like it just this entire team like was firing on all cylinders in that in that series uh or in that not in that series in that game and it showed um so i think the the big game that i do want to talk about though is the Tarek pick in the Fnatic G2 series because I thought this was actually really cool. Um, ordinarily, I'd be like, ugh, Kalista Tarek. Uh, I mean, Kalista gives you lane priority, but Tarek is not a champion that I enjoy playing against, um, but uh, I loved it in this draft. I thought it was a great response to what is essentially four melee picks and a Jin. 
Um, and the gin is something that's kind of been contentious with Reckless because it's a pick he's returned to at times and people have either approved or disapproved. Um, but this is, uh, I, I just thought it was like a great a great response. I believe when it was picked in draft, it was uh, Mickey had not picked Pantheon. So he actually picked Pantheon into Dark. Um, and this was also a great game for Adam as well, who has been doing really well in the top lane for Fnatic. So I wanted to give him a shout out. As much as I joke about like, do you want to do the noise, the Bwipo Jungle Watch noise? Like, no, no, not yet. <laughs> okay. Um, but like I, in, in talking about like G2, I think it's important to note that like, in, in single games, it's really easy to have a draft like this where one pick just kind of changes the entire fabric of the way that game is then going to work. Uh, so I I appreciated the Tarek pick in this. Um, and I do think that, not that this was decided in draft, but that it was a smart, a smart pivot from Fnatic and that did end up having a really big impact on this game. And, and do you mean Tarek? Is it Tarek or Tarek? It's Tarek. Tarek, okay. Sorry, I pronounce things weirdly, I know. I don't oh no, it's just so You correct me a lot. Like I say Kalista instead of Kalista. I don't think I've ever corrected you on that. I hate when people say Shaco. That drives me crazy. Oh, Shaco? Uh, I say Shaco. And I'm sad because the European Drake word has like overcome dragon, I feel like. If people talk about mountain drake and all this the Drake term has become the the predominant word. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> so G two. Yay or nay. Things um, are fine or bad. I mean, I think whenever G2 are are doing badly, like people tend to jump on like, I've seen people being like, Reckless always over focuses on these picks, like the gin that I brought up. Um, I honestly think G2 will be fine. Like I, it's it's two games and obviously they're not happy with it. They, they arguably weren't even happy with their wins previously. If you listen to them talk about it, they're just like, we have such a long way to go, et cetera, et cetera. But in terms of will G2 be okay? Yes, I fully think that they will. I, I mean, actually, that that might is my bigger concern for them because I I'm not worried about whether or not they're great players that can come back. I'm more worried about the egos of that team and whether or not they could suffer these losses. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. All right. Well, we'll find out. I mean, all of them have gone through like loss loss streaks. I think this is a team that's really serious about like regaining their their uh, LEC title. You know, because yeah. most people didn't expect rogue and mad lions to come up and win, uh, be the two teams contesting in finals for spring right like i certainly didn't even though i was impressed with both of those teams well tell me how misfits are doing because i know they've been the breakout and we used to share a sponsor we don't anymore but i still <laughs> i still have an affinity for them because a, a woman named becca who used to yep. to run the lec stuff she's wonderful and she works over there so i i like them I, I love this Misfits team, actually. Um, I thought it was really funny when they uh, they went up against the uh, the uh, Fiddlesticks again, and they were like, ha-ha, you thought that would work on us a second time? Like, joke's on you, um, when they went up against Schalke. Uh, Kyrie played it. Um, but this, I mean, I just... I really love um, when you have, again, I've brought this up so many times in Misfits, but I love when you have a combination of like younger players and veterans. And I think this team, um, with the addition of Hidit, uh, Razork has been the best performing jungler in LEC, in my opinion. He's just been insanely good uh, for summer thus far. And he is just 
such a force behind everything this team does. Like, he's always involved. He has the highest kill participation of any jungler in the LEC right now at 80, almost 81%. It's like 80.8. He is just such a good, like, fulcrum for whatever uh, misfits end up doing. Um, And because their lanes are are finally clicking and, and performing really well, it just means that everything is kind of coming together uh, for this team and I know initially we said like oh they'll they'll probably drop off that was me who said that um, but I definitely think you know if, if they stay where they are and continue to improve obviously this is a little bit of a I'll say it's a little bit of a comparatively easier week for them like we were going into this week thinking that they if they were going to prove that they were a top team they, they would beat Excel and Schalke just because those are teams that they like that a top team, quote unquote, should be able to beat. Uh, no offense to either of them, but like, you know, that that's good. Like, if you want to prove that you're a top team, you have to beat teams that you're expected to win against, and they did, and they had a two a week. And I'm super impressed with Razork and the rest of the team. So, well, I'm excited to see if they can keep it going. I, man, it, it's just it is it is more interesting for me to follow the LEC stuff from the sidelines this year because it just feels like there are so many. There's so so many more storylines. It's really so it's like it's really up in the air with G2, you know, not winning spring, trying to regain their title um, with like all the fanatic changes. This actually seems to be working really well. Yeah. Uh, Which is, again, something that's like, I guess maybe now people are like, you shouldn't be shocked at that. But like, I I am kind of surprised at how well this team has worked out, like almost right off the bat, right outside of the the first losses they had, they've looked really good and really cohesive. So, well, one of the things we were trying to do before the start of the show was come up with a poll. We have a different poll, but one of the polls we were going to try to do is a similar one we did with LCS, which was like, which of these four teams will not make it to the top three? And then, but then there's too many, teams. there's too many good teams. Like how do you decide what, which four to stick in that, that poll? So, uh, I don't know. I think it just, it's a really fun time to be watching the LEC. Yeah. And I, uh, LEC is super fun right now. Meanwhile, uh, across the pond, things are a disaster. But whatever, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that soon. First, we have our returning segment: Whippo Jungle Watch. So this week was not as much about Whippo, in my opinion, as it was his leaners. But doesn't matter. The point of the segment is just to pretend it's all. I think he's still doing good. Like I know people have been slinging some shade saying i think it just proves how easy jungle is to you know swap into i believe i said that. uh you did say that other players have said that so you know it's a it's not a uncommon opinion well i mean you kind of referenced it already in the in the g2 section i think but yeah i don't know what do you just what do you generally think of him still uh again i mean i think he's a great facilitator to the team right so even in something where you're looking at the g2 uh game like i think Whippo gets a lot of criticism um, for, and he did as a top laner as well, for like going in, like, right? Like being it, being the person who's just like, I'm going in guys, like follow me. I'm making this very aggressive play. And if it doesn't work out, those plays end up looking really, really badly, right? And so I think the big thing with this team is that he seems to have a team that's really willing to coordinate around that. So the relationship he has with his lanes, again, like, I feel like I keep repeating this, but it seems to be like surprisingly good. And if there's one thing that is the most uh, impressive thing, it's how he does seem to have pretty good lane to 
like jungle to team communication already. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see how things go. Emily has been impressed. We want to hear from you all as part of our Whippo Jungle Watch segment, <laughs> our poll this week, which you can access by opening up the Rift Reaction show on the Spotify app. What do you think of Whippo Jungle so far? Are you impressed? Are you whatever about it? Or are you unimpressed? So we'd love to hear from you on on it. Uh, and please give your own opinion. Because don't just like take Emily. Don't just hear Emily say that she's impressed and then stay impressed so that you can feel, you know, whatever. Just your own opinion. Uh, so please let us know. We'd love to see that. Speaking of polls, we're now officially moving into the LCS section. And last week's poll was who is your LCS dark horse? So we asked you, which team do you think could climb in? And <laughs> Okay, so we have to remember that these results are coming off of the 3-0 CLG week. Well, that's what I love. Is So we do this, we do this, and then... <laughs> we curse whatever team ends up in the, in the poll. It's so true because we are asking these questions. People listen to them during the week before the start of the games and then they vote accordingly and then disaster already strikes so clg 52 percent imt 24 percent eg 19 percent dig five percent i mean i'll agree with the dig five percent because yeah. especially now that dardock's not coming back uh which we'll we'll speak to in a second uh they seem pretty cursed they're they're falling down but i i'm trying to think based off of this past weekend how i would rate these things i feel like i would swap maybe i would swap imt and CLG, I'd put IMT at 52% and CLG at 24%. I mean, to be fair, I don't think any of these teams have like a great chance, but I don't know. Uh, but I, I do appreciate the hype that CLG had coming yeah. off of their 3 0 weekend right before the crash. Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Emily? Um, I mean, I've said this before on this. If I haven't said it here, I've definitely said it on broadcast that I really like immortals uh what they've been doing because i think even their losses uh tend to be kind of interesting because they'll try out some sort of uh odd team composition or response to what people do um and i think eg are also pretty interesting to me uh obviously at this point we hadn't known the fact that contracts was going to step in for one day um but i thought he performed insanely well uh for the team and that's no knock against svenskeren it's just like the fact that eg have that option if they want to go to it is pretty interesting to me um and i like their one three one setups uh, then it just comes down to some execution mistakes so um I, I like in the in the dark horse situation i would actually almost put eg first and then imt second man CL, i just have clg third and then dig fourth but like i still think it's going to be pretty um difficult for these teams just because of the way that spring carries over as well i just have way less faith in eg than everybody does i think i not just be i like peter dunn and all that stuff but i just i feel like that team has a lot of great components but can't ever seem to get them together and like none of the the players on it that i th you think should be a great standoff like i'm not even a jazuka hater right but it just feels like like svenskeren former mvp can't you know not bad by any means but just never has those like moments again like he used to like it 
I don't know. I just I, I look at EG and I'm just kind of bummed about what what they could be and instead what they are. So we'll see if For they me, can turn. For me, it's about on. execution. They're just like really inconsistent. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see if they can turn it on. I feel like EG's been inconsistent. Like all, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Well, setting aside the poll results, the biggest news I think is not even player related. I think it is coach related which is jet leaving team liquid mm-hmm. so it's been it's been one year right because he came in for summer i think yeah so he lasted about a year and i don't believe did he come in as head coach or was kane still head coach or maybe they were just like one was strategic or whatever uh, because i know once kane left then jet really ascended to that that throne in 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 total but uh, yeah i forget i honestly forget I, interesting situation for him. I am very fascinated to see what happens to him next. If he tr- if he ends up returning to the broadcast or if he tries to do something else, like tries to coach again. Uh, but clearly, I think the way I, I was talking to some people about it in my, my Discord, uh, some folks that were speculating in the, the general chat, and I just sort of think what, whatever happened, my speculation based off of everything we've heard is that for whatever reason, Jet seemed to be unable to to either gain or keep the trust of the players that he had on team liquid. And I think that stuff just seemed to come out. Like a lot of people point to the Alfari situation and think that this was because of that. But the way that everything's been kind of leaked or rumored or whatever, it really just feels like the Alfari situation was a, like a, a lens that shines. It was something a, on. Yeah. It was a catalyst for it coming out, but it sounds like either he tried to, he stepped into some sort of internal conflict on the team or there was a lot of conflict between the players and him. And I I do feel like it's really important to talk about, when you talk about a coach, part of the, or one of the most important things I'd say about being a coach is that your players have to trust in you and you have to have that kind of reciprocal relationship with your players where you're, relying on them to convey certain information to you a lot of the times about like matchups and really nitty gritty micro stuff about their positions. But then you are focusing on the broader stuff and they have to trust you to be able to talk about that and talk about like when you're going to have to sacrifice for the team and when you're not going to have to sacrifice and mitigating like player to player conflict when players don't want to actually talk to each other about it. That's the role of the coach to step in. Right. So um, once you lose that confidence with your players, it's impossible to be a coach. Like you're never going to get that back. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of of the opinion. I think I said this on hotline league at some point in time and then people shouted me down because they're like, well, chat's been a player, but like I, he hasn't been a player for a very long time. Yes. I, I just kind of feel like he had been so removed from the competitive environment for so long that, look, my takeaway from this is if you were thinking about making like a caster or somebody like that part of your staff, don't start them in a head coach role or don't put them in a leadership role for a while because I just, <laughs> that makes it sound like I'm trying to dunk on on broadcasters or something like that, but like, I, I wonder how this would have gone had Jet had more time to sit in with like an LCS team in some sort of like supporting coach position and gain that experience because mm-hmm. the, the traits that you have on the LCS broadcast are going to be very different from the traits that you need to be a head coach. And so I don't even necessarily, you know, f- feel like I'm not trying to fault Jet or something like that. I just think like this is 
probably thrown into a position that he was not ready for. Um, and that's, I think, why we ended up in the situation. So very curious to see what happens to him. Uh, I think, obviously, he's got a lot of fans and people really care about him. And so, you know, I'm sure he'll return to the league scene in some capacity. But very fascinating. Also in that press conference, uh, we found out Santorin is now on medical yeah. leave. Feel really bad. Hope he starts to feel I, better. So before, um, I guess I can say this now, I think it might have been in that column too, uh, but in I interviewed him for 10 Thoughts initially uh, at the beginning of the season, and he did tell me he was still kind of suffering from headaches and um, that if it came down to it, he would step down because one of the things he felt really guilty about, and I believe he said this in his statement too, um, is that he he felt badly that he didn't step down sooner so that Armeo could have more time with the team going into finals. He was like, I feel like if only he'd had, you know, another week of practice, we definitely would have won. And he felt a lot of like personal responsibility for that, regardless of whether it was his fault or not, because that's always like a really weird call, right? Like he, he obviously desperately wants to play. Um, so I, it's just really shitty and I hope he gets help. I know he's been seeing specialists and stuff, so hopefully they can figure out what the cause of his headaches are because that's just like awful to have to, to have been going on for now, like a half a year at least. Right. So it, uh, so also on that news, uh, Jenkins, and Alfari apparently going to share time whenever Alfari comes back, as in it's going to be six man roster. We'll see if it sticks to that. I get the feeling that if Alfari comes back and whatever personal issues he was going through, you know, he's able to get himself into a good mental place. I assume that will stick to Alfari. Yeah, I I feel like they're leaving themselves a window because they gave a hard date, and now they're like, okay, we can kind of soft like soften the date itself if if Alfari is not ready but I would expect him to be back in the lineup honestly and then we have because of the Santorn stuff Greg is uh going to be oh sorry Armeo Armeo my mm-hmm. mistake Armeo is going to be in the LCS for Team Liquid and I'm just, I want to say, like, I love what has happened with this guy. Uh, I feel like he's way more confident. I did an interview with him less, this weekend what I thought was awesome. Uh, and he's just, uh, feels like I'm talking to a completely different person than the the man from a couple years ago, which perhaps, perhaps that's part of the reason behind the name change. But uh, also, I feel like he's just able to play with a ton of confidence on the rift in a way that he couldn't, he didn't previously. I mean, we already heard he was a scrim god, but then couldn't translate that to stage. And it certainly feels like he's been able to bring a lot of his stuff on stage. Actually, I'm really quickly, quickly curious from you, Emily. What do you think of him versus Santorin? How much of a drop off for the LCS, if any, or for the team, if any, is there between Santorin and, and Armeo? So I think uh, I said this previously, but Santorin looked a lot shakier than I would have thought of him. And now we know it's because obviously he was still going through like recurring health issues. Um, I think the most impressive thing about Armeo is that whenever he's come in, it's been in these emergency situations. So like the visa issues that Santorin was initially having, getting over here in the lock-in tournament, then stepping in in finals and like... Yes, he had very obvious mistakes where he was not communicating. Like uh, I can think of a really specific turret dive topside where he like goes in and dies. And like you can say Santorin would not have done that, but you can also say uh, Armeo probably wouldn't have done that if he'd had like another week of practice and better communication with his lanes. So I think that the most impressive thing is that he's been able to step in in so many high pressure situations and not be like 
this is going to sound kind of mean, but like not be the reason why the team loses, right? Like you, you're not going to point to Armeo and be like, it was your fault, you know? Like I think that's really impressive how he seemed to have such a cool head under pressure uh, and almost every single situation where he's been substituting has been a pretty high pressure one. Zven has returned to cloud nine. I would say triumphantly, but this weekend I don't feel like it was very triumphant for them. Uh, yeah, so that Golden Guardians win could have very easily been a loss and arguably should have been uh or the c9 win that they had against golden guardians rather uh very easily could have been a loss if golden guardians had executed their mid to late game better um and they still look pretty shaky so whatever uh you know whatever they're they were going through without sven obviously it's going to take time to get and he even said this himself like it's going to take time to get him back in the roster uh whatever ultimately i still think c9 are going to be fine they have a massive buffer as well in games um from from spring despite the fact that we and we still have a lot of games to play so they have more time to get back online but it's really obvious that uh you know like bringing king in was not the issue right like c9 have other uh coordination issues the summer collapse of 2020 coming back. No, I mean, well, I, all, all MSI teams are, are not doing that hot outside of, uh, I think. Just skip Dan MSI. Wankia, who, who then had their like weird roster swaps. Right? Let this but. be a lesson to every team that goes to spring finals next year. Throw in game five. <laughs> wow. Because okay. you are going to look like fools. Well, I guess we'll see how they. Any, all these teams bounce back, but all right. Uh, Dardock is leaving Dignitas. I just, there's, I don't know. What do you want to say about this, Emily? Do you have uh, anything? Because I almost kind of don't. I mean, I don't have anything that hasn't been said already, honestly. I'm probably on many different teams for him previously. I like Dardock. I think you like Dardock. I do. He's actually. a great personality. It's It's unfortunate that he seems to have this reoccurring Groundhog Day situation with teams, uh, but it's... I don't know. I don't know what we expect anymore. It's 2021. This is inevitable. Uh, but actually, the <laughs> wow. that's what leads us into our Q&A for this week. I argued with Emily to keep this because I really wanted to see all of your answers because you guys were all so creative with the Schalke stuff. Our Q&A, what happens next with Dardock? Give us your answer. Give us your answer. I don't, and I want to hear all your answers, okay? Not just like he's going to become a coach or he's going to become a team. Like, give me the the crazy, crazy Dardock hot takes. Coach um, would be is he going to join the broadcast? Is he going to be? Will he continue to switch teams until he's collected all ten souls of every LCS team, and then he can become <laughs> the master jungler of the LCS? I want to hear from you. So please open up the Rift Reaction uh, podcast show on Spotify and let us know in the form in the app all right 100t and tsm still up top there's not too much to talk about there but we'll see if anything changes i don't do you have an opinion on which one of those teams is the best in the lcs right now uh i think 100t is but i also like uh, uh even as someone who's been kind of critical of their their play style i do think that i i really appreciate this tsm team and i hope that they continue to stick with what they how they want to play but also supplement it with just like a lot tighter execution basically yeah all right it's time for the back of the book 
Which leads us to our matches of the week <laughs> in the East. LCK match of the week is... T1 versus Nongshim Red Force. And you know what? Woo! I think it's interesting because T1, to me, look really lost right now. Gory seems to be doing well <laughs> because he beat his former team since he was a T1 trainee. So the secret is I promised Travis so he'd have more to talk about with these. I'd put in notes and I did not expect him to just read them directly off of the show. How <laughs> dare you? These are my opinions on the LCK um, teams. Yeah. So yeah, Gory, former T1. The reason why I picked this game is for a few reasons. One, Gory, former T1 trainee, right? Going up against his old team on Nongshim. He was the player that... I had cited early uh, before the season began as someone to watch out for, right? Because I felt that all Nongshim needed to be a more formidable team was a more consistent mid laner. And he's definitely provided that for them. And I think you can also see it in Peanut's performance, right? Because Peanut just does so much better when he has a more reliable mid. Um, he has a, a nice carry jungle performance on the Diana, who Diana is like insanely strong right now in case you haven't been paying attention to any any region they've all been playing her um so yeah it's it's a good uh it's a good showing for nongshim i mean it's also kind of a shaky series neither team performs like as well as you would want from either of them um but i do think there's also a lot to look at with t1 and be like okay where are they you know where are they going wrong because they could have easily won the series uh and and make some pretty crucial mistakes and i mean nongshim makes some pretty crucial mistakes here too but i'm not doing a good job of selling the series but it's very interesting narratively um and yeah i'm i'm just kind of happy for nongshim to see them being able to translate some of these series into wins with the addition of gory i think it was really good and i think it continues a kind of a narrative through line that i've been looking at from this team from the beginning i mean when i when i watched this match <laughs> I really thought to myself, you know what? T1 needs to change their roster. So oh, God. Okay. We'll, we'll put a pin on that. We'll talk about that later. Okay. And then <laughs> in the LPL, uh, you know, I'm really hoping that your match of the week is RNG versus Epic. Because <laughs> in my opinion, that match has it all with like Doin B. in mid, RNG in trouble uh, regarding Cryon's champion pool, which is interesting to me. Uh, I just personally think that that series is a masterclass from Doinby making his case that he's still one of the best ones <laughs> in the world. What? So tell me, is that, I hope, I hope that's our LPL match of the week. It is. It is, Travis. You're right. You know, For the reasons I, I, I listed? LPL, LPL expert Travis Gabbard here. Um, yes. This is just honestly probably my favorite match of summer of any region. It is so fun. It is so good. If you just want to see like pure skill expression from Doinby, um, I think FPX are one of the first of all, they're one of the best teams in the world right now. And this this series shows exactly why with the flexibility that they have between uh, Nuguri and Doinby. They also are able to call like RNG's bluff with Kryon um, because they know that Kryon is probably not going to play the lease in mid. Um, and so they're able to play around that. I just think this is a team that is incredibly difficult to play against and rng is not like despite the fact they don't have the best record coming out of msi they're still an insanely strong team if you watch like one series from this past week like please watch this one it's so good you don't even need me to tell you like everyone has been streaming this like dom said it as well just watch the series please it's so good doing b is amazing it's time for reaction shots okay <laughs> all right Emily, 
as I was saying before, I really think T1 should change their roster. Uh, I just want to throw that out there before we oh get to your, re your reaction shot. What is your reaction shot? My reaction shot is T1 don't change your roster. Oh. <laughs> so basically, so Denny told Osen, um, and I'm going off of uh, a reporter named Rally Jaffa or... Um, he works for uh, Chungang Daily, uh, and so he's a South Korean reporter. He's written stuff in English as well. I've worked with him before. Anyway, um, he Danny basically gave an interview to Osen saying that some of T1's recent losses were due to players not sticking to things that were agreed upon in practice, and he also mentioned that he might need to adjust the starting lineup again if the current one doesn't improve, although he has faith and wants to keep them. This is like very mixed messages from a coaching staff that obviously are Already had some difficulty doing a rotating roster so I would just say yes I see the calls for uh you know Zeus to come in top or or Gumayushi to come in bot because people are really annoyed uh with Teddy right now apparently but like I would like to see them actually commit and stick to the roster and try to work with this lineup um and not continue the rotating carousel that we saw from spring for me in my reaction shot this week I want to talk about the shows from this weekend that happened before the start of the LCS, specifically the Saturday and Sunday shows, uh, Replay Files and Next Level, because I think one of them did a great job and was the go uh, completed the goal that I, I want those shows and I feel like they should have, which is the Core JJ profile and, and Replay Files. So important, so, so important. I'm always beating this drum in my content. We have to do more to build up the players that are in the LCS and create fandom. And I thought that that did a great job of profiling Core JJ, making people want to cheer for him, really telling his backstory because I think in the past he took a backseat to like double lift, et cetera. Then the next at day, Meteos did an amazing episode of Next Level, which I think is a great show and is very good. I also don't think that it did a great job of laddering up to building fandom around the LCS players um, and even kind of around the LCS broadcast. I mean, I think it's cool that they're pulling in other esports people. That is very different than what Riot normally does and has historically. And so I recognize that that's awesome and I wish that I could be more happy about it, but I just feel like it's incredibly important like for, like I wish that there was some LCS coaches on it or uh, more, you know, they had like Trisha on there previously, like bring on some of the owners, like please, please, please. And I mean, the best thing in the world would be to bring on players. So just, I, I would, I really hope that, I know that the Friday show can't do that, the, the game show, but I, I would love to see, uh, make to make sure that Next Level always feels that, even if it's just one person, a member of the LCS is on that doing awesome stuff and helping people get excited about them. So that's my reaction shot for this week. Emily, that's the show. Woo! Please be sure to follow us uh, in the Rift Reaction section of Spotify and answer our polls and our Q&As, and we'll see you all next week.